Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. For those of y'all who do not know me, my name is Lydia, and um, I just got here in August working with Chi Alpha. So if you're a freshman in the room, even though I'm 23, so am I. I claim that as a TCU freshman because I still don't know where buildings are and all of that jazz, but um, I grew up in Missouri, and I had a pretty like typical family, um, two parents, an older brother, and as I was growing up, I would always, not always, but often, wake up in the morning just crying my eyes out. I would have terrible, terrible nightmares. And for those of you who have ever had nightmares, they feel so real. So you wake up and you think, man, this just happened to me. And I had to like talk myself out of it. Like the first few minutes as I'm like, and I'm not a cute crier either. I'm like ugly, (laughs) like can't breathe, sobbing. My pillow is wet because I cried all over it. And I'd wake up from these nightmares and I'd have to remind myself, no, Lydia, it was just a dream. You're fine. You're in your bed. Everything's okay. And um, the kind of embarrassing thing is that these dreams were never like of super scary monsters or murderers or even like demonic, but it was always pretty realistic things. And it would be that my parents took us to like Target and they drove off and left without me. Or I got cut from the volleyball team and all my friends decided they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And at the end of the dream, I was always just left alone. And it brought me to like crazy tears. Like I told y'all, I would wake up and my pillow would be soaked because I was so upset about being left alone. And I realized that that's probably um, my self-conscious, subconscious telling me (laughs) that I have a fear of being alone. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all somewhat have a little bit of that fear of being alone. Um, Maybe not to the extent that I had it growing up, but... um, You know, most of us would rather choose to be around other people, Um, maybe not all the time, but at least know that you have someone there with you, Um, people by your side, and that's one of the reasons why community in Chi Alpha is so important and why God loves us to be in community. Um, But also, God does not want us to be fearful of being alone because he is always with us, and that is part of the reason why solitude in our lives is so important. Um, I think sometimes with the fear of being alone, myself included, I'm so quick to fill up every second of my time so I'm never left alone with my own thoughts. I'm either scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or listening to music or checking up on one of my friends, talking to Parker, seeing what he's doing. And I look at my day and there was never a moment where I was still. And there was especially not a moment when I was still with God. Um, But this is why we want to practice the discipline of solitude, because honestly, it's not something that comes naturally, especially in our culture, in our world. Um, 
we want to stay busy, especially in college. Um, if you allow extracurriculars and everything to take a hold of your schedule, it will easily. You'll be so filled up with so much stuff. Um, but if we practice this discipline, if we discipline ourselves to spend small moments of time with the Lord, I think it can be really beneficial not just beneficial to our own lives, but to our spiritual lives. We see often Jesus would go away from the crowds and spend time alone with the Lord. And we want to replicate those parts of Jesus's life. So that's why we're going to talk about solitude today. So what is solitude? Um, Well, first of all, it is being intentionally alone. So maybe you're thinking, okay, alone. Well, maybe I don't like being alone. Like you said, I'm afraid of being alone, or maybe I already feel lonely. Why would I want to purposely be alone if I already am feeling this way? And I hear you, and I think God recognizes that too, because um, when we're practicing solitude by intentionally being alone, we're actually inviting God to be in that alone time with us. So I know it's a very typical church thing to say that God is always with you. You're never alone. But when we're practicing the discipline of solitude, it's not just that God is there because he's everywhere. It's God is there and he wants to have a conversation with you, that he's actually listening and wants to speak to you if you give him the opportunity. The next thing about solitude is that it's being undistracted. So that might look like putting away our phones and our homework and the entertainment and just being present with God and just sitting in the silence. And again, to me, I was always afraid of solitude because I'm like, well, I distract myself with my phone on purpose because I don't like being alone with my thoughts. (laughs) especially if you're someone who's your thoughts are always running you're like lying in bed awake staring at the ceiling and you just can't seem to get a grasp on those thoughts and it can feel like our mind is a prison but when we step into the discipline of solitude there's actually freedom in that freedom from our roaming thoughts because we're inviting God into it solitude means that You can stop doing what you're used to doing. You can stop producing things. You can stop pleasing people. You can stop entertaining yourself and stop obsessing over whatever it is going through your mind and just allow God to be in that space. And if you talk about something with God that's really weighing heavily on your heart, he can bring you peace and healing to that. But sometimes it's just sitting there and sitting in his peace and letting that be enough. I think about how our relationship with God is a relationship, and I'm the type of person who wants to be producing something. I want to be productive, and if even when I'm spending time with the Lord, sitting down with my Bible, I'm like, okay, what revelation is God going to give to me today? I get to check off my list that I read a chapter in my Bible, And it's never, wow, Jesus, I just love you so much that it's okay if I get nothing done in this time except spend time with you. And if we did that with any other relationship, we would probably be a bad friend. 
if I went on a date with Parker and said, okay, well, this isn't a good date unless I learn 10 new things about you. Like, that's so silly, but that's how, at least for me, I would treat God. It was never, wow, I just enjoy being here with you. It was always like, what am I going to get out of it? And the amazing thing about the Lord is that he never takes that and like shoves it back at us. He's like, actually, I will give you something. <laughs> like how he is so good and so graceful. Um, but getting rid of those distractions allows us time to listen to God and grow in that relationship. Now, the next thing about solitude is it means to be a listener. Listen to God. <laughs> Um, again, it's really hard to have a conversation with someone if you never give them room to talk. And sometimes I feel like that's how our prayer life can be. We want these answers from God. We want to hear from him. So we, we spend that time in the prayer closet. We talk to him and we never allow him the opportunity to reply. And I think that God is is a good God and he is faithful to give us answers if we allow him the time to do that. And it's not to test God to say, okay, I'm going to give you a minute of quiet. Let's see what you say. But again, it's that relationship. It's growing to know God um, as a person and just understanding more about him in that time where we take alone time with him. So that's a little bit about what solitude is, um, but there's also why we would even practice it. Well, first and foremost, like I said before, is that Jesus practiced solitude. Um, Jesus would take time away from the crowds, even away from the disciples to just spend time with the Lord. And we believe that Jesus was fully man and fully God. So the fact that as fully God, he would still take time to be in community with the Father alone. Like, I'm not God, then I really need to take the time to be with him. And in Mark 1:35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He got away from the world before everyone was even awake to take this time with God. Later in uh, Luke 4, verses 1 through 2, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. And at this part of Scripture, um, before Jesus' ministry started, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be alone. And there alone, he was tempted by the devil, and he practiced um, prayer and fasting. But I think it's important to look at that first part of verse 1, that he was that he left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So the Lord is completely alone. He's in this solitary time with God. And that's when not only the devil comes to tempt him, but if we were to continue reading in Luke, we would see that every time the enemy tries to tempt Jesus, he comes back with scripture. He comes back with words from the Father, and he's not tempted, and he doesn't stumble. And I think we can look at that and see, hmm, what was he doing right before Satan tempted him? 
He was spending time alone with God. It strengthened what he already believed, what he already knew was true, so that when the enemy came and said, oh, you're hungry, you could turn this rock into bread, um, all these things that the enemy tried to tempt him with, Jesus did not stumble. And Jesus, he wanted to do God's work so badly. And I think if we had any job, like you're working at McDonald's, okay, and you really want to do a good job. Maybe that wasn't a good example. You really want to do a good job, okay? You want to get that promotion. You want to be manager, whatever. And you come into work, and you don't go and talk to your boss about what he wants you to do that day. How are you going to get a good job done? Or even in your classes, if you didn't ask the professor what the homework was, how are you going to get a good grade on the homework? Like, you don't know the assignment. <laughs> um, and that's part of the reason why if we want to do well with the Lord, we need to spend time with him. We need to listen to him. And the next part about why we want to be in solitude is it brings us closer to God. Because y'all know God isn't just our boss. He's not just asking things from us. He wants that relationship with us. And maybe you're thinking, okay, well, I want to serve God. I want to grow as a Christian, but I, I don't really know who God is. I know Jesus came to earth and he, he died on a cross for me and that I get, I accept. I've heard it all my life. But maybe you've never actually heard the voice of God. Maybe you've not actually had him speak into your life. And I think if we take time alone with him, we give him the opportunity to do just that. Um, the last thing about solitude that I think is important for us is that it brings us awareness. So when we take time alone, um, my question is, where does your mind drift? When you have a few minutes in between classes, what do you instantly reach for? What are your first thoughts? Are you like, oh, time to check my phone? Are you, oh, I need to text this girl. She's been on my mind all day. Are you thinking, oh, I need to check my to-do list. What homework do I have later? And if we're honest with ourselves, if that is the first thing that comes to our mind, maybe we are putting some things in our lives above the Lord. But the good thing about solitude is it brings us awareness, and the Lord never wants to put guilt and shame on us of, oh, you thought about this thing before me. But no, it's, oh, you thought about this thing before me? That's okay. Repent, and now think about me again. <laughs> he gives us an opportunity to spend that time with him. Another thing it brings us awareness of is, I think, some of the wounds that we have. Um, for me, I know when I was first growing in solitude, again, I was kind of afraid of it because as soon as I would get my mind quiet and turn off the distractions, the worst thing I had ever done would just pop into the back of my mind. Maybe for you, it's something painful that happened a long time ago that just will not quit nagging at your mind. <laughs> you're sitting there alone, you're like, wait, why am I thinking of this? Like, that's terrible, what, what is going on? And I think that sometimes that is um, the enemy trying to bring up things in our lives, but sometimes I think it is um, 
an opportunity for the Lord to bring healing to that. And if we continuously push down, like choke down these bad feelings, these bad thoughts, these bad memories, it never gives the Lord an opportunity to heal them. Think about if you had like a cut on your arm. You need to let it be in the open air for that cut to scab over and heal. Or even, let's say it's a really deep cut, and it's more than just a scab. You need stitches. If I go to the doctor, and I hold my arm like this, and I never show him the cut, how is the doctor going to heal that? I think we need to be honest with ourselves and sometimes go through the pain of understanding, man, there's a cut there so that the doctor can heal us, so that Jesus can say, hey, I know that's there, and I'm glad you realize it, because now I can bring healing to that problem. Now we can bring forgiveness to that person that hurt you a really long time ago. Now I can remind you that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are crying Christ Jesus, and the worst thing you ever done doesn't matter, because I have forgiven you. And this all sounds really good, right? Like, yes, I want that forgiveness. I want that healing. I want to hear God's voice. But it seems too distant. It seems things that, oh, yeah, Lydia, you do that. You preach. Okay. Oh, yeah, Andrew, you do that. But just like Andrew said before, God so loved the world. He did not come for a relationship with pastors He came for a relationship with all of us. God doesn't want to just speak to certain people. He wants to speak to each and every one of you. And we can create an opportunity for God to do that. So how do we practice this solitude? Well, one of the first ways is to turn off distractions. So maybe you decide, okay, I'm going to spend a few minutes in time alone with the Lord. I'm going to leave my phone across the room. Maybe you're going to take your earbuds out. Maybe close that textbook. I know um, Zoe says sometimes that she can't even have her like laptop on her desk. (laughs) And I love when you say that because you're allowing yourself time to turn off those distractions. The next is to find a place. Um, Solitude does not necessarily have to be completely alone in a dark closet. Like you can practice solitude when you're walking from class to class. Maybe instead of immediately putting in your AirPods when the teacher releases you and walking the 10 minutes to your next class, just leave them out and allow yourself 10 minutes of silence to talk and hear from the Lord. Um, Maybe that's a certain place in your room or your dorm or the library, whatever it would be, just finding a place and an opportunity to do that. Next is to find a time. And like I said, um, solitude, the great thing about it is it can be in small moments in a lot of places. One thing that I love to do is to not turn the radio on in my car so I intentionally have time to talk with the Lord. 
when I'm alone in the car. I think if somebody else was in there with me, it would be a little awkward. But if I'm alone driving in my car, I'll intentionally like not turn on the radio so that it's just me and the traffic and Jesus. <laughs> and he will reveal things to you then. Um, but also you can set specific time aside in your devotional time. So if you decide, okay, well, I want to read this part of my Bible and I'm going to pray for a few minutes after, maybe also after your prayer, leave a few minutes of just silence to listen to the Lord and see, okay, God, well, well what do you want to say about this passage? What do you want to say in response to my prayer? And then next is to have a journal. Um, sometimes it's hard to just sit there in silence and try to listen for what maybe God is trying to say. But I think if we write down what like, oh, well, this is coming to my mind. I wonder why it's coming to my mind. Is this the Lord? We can look back at it later and say, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. I understand what the Lord was saying to me. And then lastly is to just work at it. Um, it's not going to be perfect. It's definitely not going to be comfortable. But just set a timer on your phone, set a timer for five minutes, and just try it. And I think that since the Lord is a good Father, if we give Him the space to speak, He will use that space and speak to us. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.